0: Welcome to the Psalms, a call to words podcast where timeless truths shape today's words. I am your host, David Bunce, and I hope that you will be blessed as we journey through the great songbook of the Bible. Psalm 82 reminds us of the perfect righteous justice of God, that all of the earthly judges will have to surrender to His perfect and divine decree. It is also the intent of the psalmist to draw our attention to God as being the one who is redeeming all of the nations. We see that all that He does, all of His righteous judgment, is to bring people under His sovereign, kind, gracious, and righteous rule. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God has taken His place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, He holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked." They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods, sons of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations." Derek Kidner says it takes us in a few words behind and beyond our present wrongs to portray God's unbounded jurisdiction, his delegation of power, his diagnosis of our condition, and his drastic intentions. God here rules perfectly and justly and righteously, and here we hear that God judges and standeth as a judge, Poole observes he is diligent to observe all that is said or done there and to give sentence accordingly. The judge sits where he heareth causes, but standeth up, When he giveth sentence. And God does that. He hears all of the things brought to him, and here we find God bringing his righteous, just ruling. Who is it that he is ruling over? He is in the midst of the gods. Who are these gods? Well, there is no pantheon in God's realm, there is no other God besides him or before him. But we understand that God does rule among and above all of the lesser angelic host beings. So, some have taken this to mean that God is ruling in the heavenly courts above all rulers and princes and principalities, as we hear about in Ephesians, or, and as I believe more likely, he is talking about all of the earthly judges, those who reign and rule on the earth, and God is speaking to them, asking them what they have done and how long they are going to be judging with partiality to the wicked. How are these earthly gods, lowercase g, to be uh, ex- exercising their authority and power? God reminds them that they are themselves going to die as men. In other words, they're only temporary. And so, their justice should always be subservient to God's divine decrees, and should uphold righteousness and bring down wickedness. Uh, Here, we find God is gathered around in this assembly of judges. Um, uh, They are called Elohim, and possibly because they are his delegates. Morgan comments that they administer his will. They are executive agents of God. Martin Luther pointed out that in Psalm 82, both verses 1 and 6, establish the limits "...and the authority of princes. It establishes it because it is God who appoints authorities. It is He who calls them gods. It limits their authority because they are accountable to Him." And the rest of the psalm shows that these gods do not have the authority to rule as God, but to, under His rulership and lordship, then execute justice and judgment." But they're not doing it rightly, given how God responds to them. How long will you judge unjustly? Therefore, these gods are judging unjustly in the world. They are giving justice to the wicked rather than what they should be doing, giving justice to the weak, the fatherless, the orphans, the widows, the poor. Uh, instead, they're supposed to be, as God does, rescuing the weak and the needy, not bringing harshness and judgment upon them. So, God says they have neither knowledge nor understanding and walk about in darkness. And then he reminds them of their temporary state. You are God's sons of the Most High. But like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. When we hear of God reminding them of their temporary nature, we are to remember what Thomas Watson said, that the meditation of death would pull down the plumes of pride. Thou art but dust animated. Shall dust and ashes be proud? Thou hast a grassy body and shall shortly be mowed down. I have said ye are God's but lest they should grow proud, he adds a corrective, ye shall die like men, dying gods. This reminds us that all that we have in this life is temporary, and God will be the one to whom we are accountable for how we have spent our lives, and may it be for the good of others, for the flourishing of humanity, for the expansion and growth of the gospel that all nations would hear Of God and would worship Him. And that's the final plea from the psalmist. The way that the ESV translates it, we have the quotation from God ending in verse 7, and the psalmist then praising and asking of God to arise and judge the earth in verse 8. For you, God shall inherit all the nations. None of these lesser judges or lesser beings will inherit the nations. Only God and Him alone will inherit all the nations. And that is the goal, that He would reign and rule supremely, sovereignly. So how does this help us in our daily lives to look at God as this righteous supreme judge contrasted with the wicked and evil rulers in our day? We understand that even in our time, there is wickedness, there is evil, there is transgression, there are horrific atrocities committed almost daily, or even more than that, that we'll never see or hear of. And yet, we know that God is not blind to any of those things, that we find God knows every transgression and iniquity, and will judge those as He is righteous. He must bring all things under his feet, and he will then judge the wicked to their punishment and reward the righteous to everlasting joy. The hope is that even when we face the most evil and wicked sentences of earthly judges, we have hope in the righteous judge God, who will redeem and restore all things. When we see goodness exercised by earthly judges, we should be reminded of the goodness and the righteousness of our perfect judge and heavenly father, God himself. But when we see wickedness exercised, we must remember that those things will not go unseen by God, who is bringing all things under his feet and who will indeed inherit all the nations. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being righteous, for ruling and judging with equity and with perfection in all things. How you bring us to understand better who you are and who we are. May we serve you and honor you in all things. Help us not to be like the unrighteous who show partiality to the wicked, and who do not give justice, who are not seeking the rescue of the weak and the needy. Lord, may we seek to be your ambassadors of peace and of life and of goodness here on this earth, and we praise you for your goodness and love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to The Psalms, a Call to Words podcast. For more content, just visit calledToWords.com. I hope you will join us again next time for more Riches from the Psalms.